shoulder to shoulder with Jesus. Watch him hang from the cross. Then celebrate his resurrection. This is Reading the Bible Together, Holy Week. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. Today we're talking about the trial and the death of Jesus. My guest today is, which I'm very excited about, is author and pastor Colin Smith. He was born in Edinburgh, Scotland, which you will probably start to realize when he starts talking. Currently, he lives and ministers in Illinois at the Orchard Evangelical Free Church. You can also hear him on Faith Radio and Unlocking the Bible weekdays at 8 a.m. and 9 p.m. Central. Welcome, Pastor Colin. Well, thank you, Angela. It's a pleasure to be with you and to talk about such a wonderful subject today. Oh, well, I'm so I am so appreciative that you're taking the time to do this with us. So we are talking about a big subject, and there's a lot in what is happening on on Good Friday with the trial and the death of Jesus. And before we started recording, you were talking about the, the seven words that Jesus says on the cross. So I think that might be a really great place to start for us. Yes, well, I, I mean, the trial of Jesus must have gone on much through the night because uh, he was tried without any justice uh, in different locations. I mean, he's tried by the uh, chief priests the Sanhedrin, the ruling council. Uh, He's then sent to Pilate. Pilate sends him to Herod, and then Herod sends him back to Pilate. And there's changing of the charges against Jesus. It It is a classic case of the miscarriage of justice. And the amount of time that it must have taken to go through these various uh, trials, it must have taken place uh, throughout the very, very early hours uh, of the morning. Mark tells us that by the time Jesus was crucified, so this is after the scourging and after all of these trials, it was the third hour, which would have been nine o'clock in the morning. And Jesus was on the cross for six hours, for nine o'clock in the morning, uh, the third hour to the ninth hour, which would have been three o'clock uh, in the afternoon. And it's hard to take in, as we think about this on Good Friday, the agony that the Lord Jesus Christ must have endured. Being being nailed to the cross, it was extremely difficult to breathe. Mm -hmm. Uh, You would have to push yourself up or pull yourself up in order to be able to breathe. Um, And, of course, the agony of that, either pulling on the hands or pushing on the feet. Because they were nailed. Oh, yeah. Excruciating. Uh, so Jesus endured that agony for, for six hours, and I think it'd be great for us to talk just a little bit about what he said during these three hours of suffering, because they really t- what he said takes us to the heart of what he was doing and why he was there and what he so wonderfully accomplished for us on the cross. Going a little bit back to the, the trial, something that I thought was interesting when we had done our study in Luke is that Jesus is answering the questions until he gets to Herod. And yes. then he's totally silent, which I yes. that, that always stuck out to me. And have you done much study on that about why or have any thoughts about? Oh, yes. I, I Well, uh, here's what I think about that. We're not specifically told. But of course, the background to that is that Herod had received the word of God mm-hmm. and he had absolutely refused it. He received it from John the Baptist, who spoke to him very directly about the sins in his own life. And um, he responded to that by putting an end 
to the life of John the Baptist. And so then he meets Jesus and he's very interested to ask Jesus all kinds of questions, the Bible tells us, and Jesus says to him absolutely nothing, which is very significant. It's as if to say, now you refuse the word of God then there is nothing beyond that. And that's why the Word of God is so important, because the Word of God comes to us with grace. It comes to us with the offer of forgiveness. But if we ignore and repel the Word of God, there isn't anything else beyond that. This is where the promise of the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus is found. Oh, that's really interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't mm. thought about that, that he, this is the Herod that had ended John's life, yeah, John the Baptist's yeah. life was a vicious act, wasn't it? And yet mm-hmm. Jesus is very different with Pilate. He does engage with Pilate. And uh, and there's this whole altercation about what is truth, uh, uh, that great question that, uh, that Pilate asks. And of course, the irony is that he has the truth right in front of him. The Lord right. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth and the life. And uh, uh, yeah, that was quite a moment in uh, the trial of Jesus. Yeah. And it, and it seems like Pilate is looking for a way to be able to release Jesus. You know, kind of looking for an out and just can't find one and so then has to go with what everyone else around him, it seems, has has decided. Yeah, doesn't that speak clearly to us? I mean, the pressure of, and he's got his own reputation to think about and the pressures that are uh, on him become more powerful in his life than the desire that he had expressed earlier to know what the truth really is. And so he, he sells the truth. He gives up the truth because of the pressure that's on him and the calls of the crowd for Jesus to be crucified. So then let's jump ahead to Jesus's crucifixion and the the seven words that you were talking about that Jesus speaks when he's on the cross. Well, the first of them that's recorded is in Luke in chapter 23 and verse 34, where Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And we're told specifically that Jesus said this when he was being crucified. It was when they came to the place called the skull and they crucified him that he said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. What an amazing statement that is, that Jesus was ready to forgive the greatest sins uh, committed by these violent enemies. And it's, it's, you know, why would these people have lived another day when God could have ended their lives at that moment. I mean, this is the worst human sin that's ever been committed, the crucifixion of the Son of God. And yet Jesus creates room for forgiveness. He's going to receive the judgment that should have fallen on these people who crucified him, the people who condemned him. But actually he receives the judgment in himself in order that forgiveness might come to sinners like us. And that's, of course, why he was on the cross, so that we might be forgiven. It's the most wonderful statement. That's over, it's overwhelming. I mean, the way mm-hmm. that you just explained it, that he is forgiving them, well, forgiving all, you know, forgiving everyone that's doing that to him in the midst of them doing it. That's, yeah. that's an overwhelming kind of grace. It is an overwhelming kind of grace, isn't it? That, mm-hmm. that the Lord Jesus Christ would take upon himself what was due to me in order that I might be fully and freely forgiven as I look to him in repentance and in faith. It's just the most marvelous good news. It really is. And he creates the way in which we can be forgiven by taking the judgment that was due to us upon himself. 
So, and as you were talking about the six hours that he's on the cross, you talked about that there are three things that he said in the light and four things that he said in the dark. So let's talk about the other two things that he said in the light. Yes, well, the second, of course, uh, also recorded in Luke's Gospel, is when one of the thieves who had been really mocking him and abusing him, Matthew tells us that both of the thieves were uh, railing against Jesus. And then one of them, it seems, had a change of mind and heart. And um, he begins to realize that eternity is looming ahead of him. And he uh, calls out uh, to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And then Jesus says this wonderful word of grace that gives hope for all of us. He says, today you will be with me in paradise. Of all the people to be the first to enter heaven with Jesus, it's this man who had not lived a good life. I mean, he's getting capital punishment. So mm-hmm. he wasn't just, you know, a petty thief. He was probably a violent criminal and uh, responsible for um, uh, robberies, violent robberies. And he, he says himself that he's getting what he deserves. He knows that. And he doesn't have time to turn over a new leaf and, and uh, you know, begin a new chapter of life. But Jesus' grace is sufficient for this man to enter heaven itself. I think that's the most marvelous good news. It is. I mean, it's over. I'm really trying hard not to cry and like trying to keep control of my emotions because I, for and for my personality type, I have a hard I, I generally don't necessarily dive into pain. But I think what is so important is to really allow ourselves, even when it feels kind of anti what, you know, maybe our personality is to really enter into the suffering of Jesus, because Sunday doesn't mean as much without Friday. I'm so glad that we're talking about this because it's making even me, someone who doesn't necessarily want to go into pain, I, I think this is important because it, I, it's a greater understanding of the the magnitude of his grace. It kind of reminds me of, have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? I have. Isn't that awesome? It's, it's an amazing. amazing experience. Yeah. And to stand on the edge and to feel like, I know it's true, but it's so big. It's so hard to take in. That's how I'm yep. feeling now. Yep about the grace of Jesus, that it's, even though I'm right here and it's right in front of me, it's still hard to take it in. Yeah. And isn't that exactly uh, how we ought always to feel about the grace of the Lord mm-hmm. Jesus Christ? I mean, I think that's, that's because we believe that, uh, that that's what we experience. To, to really take this in brings exactly um, uh, what you're saying about, uh, uh, saying here, Angela. And uh, it's striking to me as well that in all this suffering, Jesus is concerned to minister to others. I mean, he's, he's praying for the forgiveness of those who have nailed him. He's now promising eternal life to a thief. And then the third thing that he says that's recorded in John's gospel is uh, he speaks to, to Mary and to John, the disciple who's beside her, and says to Mary, his mother, behold your son and he's making reference not to himself there, but to John. And to John, he's saying, behold your mother. In other words, he's, he's stating there what the future care of Mary will be. Because Jesus is dying, then he's going to rise, then he's going to ascend to heaven. Who's going to look after Mary? Well, uh, John is going to take a particular role in the care of Mary, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is thinking about the care of uh, Mary while he is suffering on the cross, always thinking about others. Mm -hmm. It's an extraordinary statement. That is. And I I love how, I mean, I'm a mother as well. So I love that he's taking care of his mother, even, even as he hangs there.
Yeah. And so those are the three things that he says in the light. And then there are four things that he says as as darkness. Yeah. So nine then passes to noon and at midday, darkness comes over the whole land. And so for three further hours, Jesus is on the cross uh, in total darkness. And the first of the words that he speaks in the darkness, which it seems was towards the end, very close to where Jesus dies. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I think what that is speaking about, Angela, and this is really the very heart of everything that was happening at the cross, is that because Jesus was bearing our sins, Isaiah tells us that the Father laid our sins on him, because he was bearing our sins, though he was and is the eternal Son of God, he was no longer able to feel the comfort of his own Father's love. And he cries out this awful cry, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's a wonderful thing to ponder that Jesus went there to that desolate place in order that we who believe in him should never, never know what that is like, so that we should never be forsaken of the Father and that we should have everlasting life with him. And then after that, you have three statements of Jesus that all come very, very quickly, one after the other. He says, I thirst. And then someone tries to bring him some wine vinegar to uh, to drink. And then he says, it is finished. And then he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And it seems that the Lord Jesus actually died in that darkness. And of course, we look forward to the light of the resurrection that comes where we have the demonstration that everything that he died to accomplish is indeed complete, as he said on the cross, and that our salvation uh, for time and for eternity has been purchased by the Son of God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Pastor Colin. This, I, you know... Sometimes when I sit down for a podcast episode, I don't I know what topic we're going to talk about, but it's always interesting kind of what the Holy Spirit brings up. And I love that we ended up getting to talk about the immense, grand, hard to take in grace of Jesus and what he did on the cross. Thank you so much for taking the time. Well, that's a real pleasure. It's wonderful to talk about glorious things, things that we can't really ever fathom and uh I guess that in heaven, we're going to feel like that forever and forever, that we can never come to quite a full appreciation of all that Jesus has done for us and all that therefore is ours in him. But this is the marvel of the gospel, and it's the reason that we call this day Good Friday. Though terrible things happened, infinite good has come to all who believe forever through what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Mm. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Reading the Bible Together podcast, our Holy Week series talking about Good Friday. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes, and we'll see you next time for Holy Saturday. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com.